Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Total Bases Podcast. I am your host, Austin Spiro. Thank you so much for joining us again today. We're going to be looking at projections this morning for the upcoming season, if we have another season. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Felipe Malicio. Felipe, how you doing? Hey, Austin. Thank you for introducing the show once again, as I'm still kind of recovering. Um, lousy covid uh hey let's be optimistic here you guys there is going to be a season there's just too much on the line for them to muck this up so i know that negotiations seem to be far away uh but i I, i'm I'm kind of uh i don't know i don't know maybe you guys have a different perspective Uh, i expect you guys to have a different perspective but based on what happened this past week uh it seems like they're finally getting around to meeting compromising and meeting somewhere down the middle Uh, i mean what do you what do you think austin you think they're getting closer or no um i think they're certainly getting closer but some of the articles that i was looking at yesterday i think ken rosenthal came out with a with a post on twitter yesterday about an article that he wrote saying that he he doesn't see why there wouldn't be a there wouldn't we wouldn't start on time or we okay. would start on time i don't know we'll, we'll we'll see i definitely think um spring training will be delayed um I'm also joined by the other co-host making his uh, return. This is his second time in a row coming back. Welcome back, Mr. Sean, Connor Flannery. Sean, thanks for being here. Uh, what do you think about um, the upcoming negotiations and where the season's going to start? Both sides have to play hardball. They have to make it look like they're not going to be the ones that lose the negotiations, and especially the players, because last the last CBA go-round, the players in the PA and Eric Clark all got reamed. But that was, I think, on purpose because they were basically giving that win away because they knew when the TV deals expired and this go round that they were going to really go for the throat. And so you got both sides playing hardball. It'll be interesting to see what comes of it. I do agree with what was said before that, you know, spring training is going to be shortened, but I both sides have too much to lose to not start on time. So... That, that's where I'm at with it right now. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about billions and billions of dollars. I mean, I know owners have been uh, on their high horse about not giving an inch, but you, you got to do something because even even if you, what, what do you call it? Even if you seed uh, some of the things that you're arguing or that you're trying to keep for yourself towards the players, whether it be service time or uh, increasing the luxury t- tax threshold, which at this point we all know it's a salary cap without calling it a salary cap, which is bogus, but whatever. Uh I have to assume that with what Sean said, with all the TV deals and all the fancy new stadiums you're getting and all the revenue you get from uh, just gouging the crap out of uh, the merchandise and all that, that there's just way too much money to lose for them to be on their high horse and not come to some happy medium here. I mean, we all know what happened in 94 and how, I don't know, according to everybody, that they all only came back as a steroid. So if that's what you want... You want you you want all your heroes to become villains again? By all means, go for it, man. That's that's what you people want. That's what you people will get. But I hope it's not. I mean, we're not doing all this work for nothing, right, Austin? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would hope not. Anyway, <laughs> it's a lot of work behind the scenes for sure. Like, I'm the biggest Debbie Downer you'll ever find, and I'm pretty optimistic that they're gonna get a deal done. Uh, it's gonna be late, probably, but it's it has to get done. I mean, you you can't go. Uh, with a pre uh, an elongated um, uh, work stoppage, and for what? Just for for a couple million dollars here and there. I, I know it adds up, but in the grand scheme of things, you you gotta 
get you got to give up something to get something back and i don't know it can't just be 100 pro owner here uh as as far as the owners are wanting it to be so that's my take on it but anyway i got the uh big screenshot or i'm sharing my screen of the spreadsheet can you guys see it yes sir oh yeah i see it i see it is it big enough nah. <laughs> uh let's see uh you know good enough good enough you know what use your laptops next time guys all right well here we are uh the big colorful spreadsheet and uh you know i have it down by you know the vitals the traditional numbers the plate discipline numbers the base running and then i added some uh, com combined uh, uh statistics here uh austin you'll appreciate that i took some of the uh, stuff that you and jonathan were talking about uh last year and did my own version of the of small ball and, and big ball and uh I even did a 70-30 uh, split as to how big important, how important small ball versus big ball should be in terms of fantasy. And I think uh, I did 30% small ball, or as I like to call it here, hustle ball. And then 70% uh, of it was would be power ball, which was the uh, uh, the big ball version of you know, the home runs and doubles and stuff. Uh, I don't know. But before we, I, I, I was meaning to ask you guys, is 70-30 too much of a grand split or does that seem to be about right for fantasy purposes? Uh, Sean, what do you think? Yeah, probably around there, 65-35, 70-30, probably in that, in that general ballpark. And, uh, Especially because in most 5 by 5 rota, you know, that home run, like you're not going to see the doubles and triples. It's just going to be the home run. Like that's that's what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, usually uh, generates you know RBI, the RBI runs, uh, and you may get some stolen bases, but not enough. That's why you. That's why these uh, stolen base people. We talked about it. Stolen bases are such a hot commodity this upcoming season. Uh, Austin, is that the way you see it? Seventy thirty split, or do you, did you uh, think it's something else? No, I think seventy thirty is good. Um, you know, All right. ma mainly because you know I'm. A, I don't know what your what is comprised in your hustle ball, but I mean, really, the only thing that you're looking at in terms of the hustle category is probably oh, okay. So singles, triples, walks, hit by pitches. Stolen base. stolen base stolen base aggregate uh yeah i think with those you're really only going to see them in some leagues you're not going to see it in every single league um and uh the powerball you're definitely going to see more home runs and stuff so i i think that's good um you know focusing on stolen bases stolen bases is one of those it's nice but it's not really necessary i think in order to win the league so yeah uh, i mean uh, you know, as you know, Sean, I ended up getting being the first uh, 30 game winner in our fantasy baseball league without basically just punting stolen bases last year. So <laughs> Austin's on to something here. <clears throat> uh, and then we got the rate stats and miscellaneous, which includes war and ADP. Austin, do you know when you extracted this data uh, from fan graphs? Do you remember when? Um, <clears throat> it was a few weeks ago. All right. So it's, uh, this is already old information, but it's OK, because if we keep waiting around for it, it's. We're never going to get anything done. So let's start with uh, with our favorite stat for the podcast, which is total bases. This now this is the 2022 uh, hitters uh, ATC projections. Uh, Sean, can you tell the audience what ATC is and who uh, runs the, those projections? Yeah, so ATC projections comes from a very very nice guy. He's a great follow on Twitter. If you haven't followed him yet, it's going to be uh, Errol Cohen. Uh, I could pull up his Twitter, and I will do that momentarily. Sure. Um, but it's one of the best. I mean, he didn't get thrown onto uh, fan graphs along with some of those other, you know, the bat by Derek Cardi and, and all that. You don't get thrown up there for nothing. Yeah. And um, it's really, really good stuff. Uh, Fantasy Baseball Sports Award winner of 2019, writer of the year, article of the year in 2020. A great writer, great fantasy player. 
I mean, he's wrote a Fangraphs, CBS, wrote a baller, labor. I mean, all the whole nine yards. And he puts out some of the best projections in the business. And one of my favorites. And the best part, he's a Mets fan. So we, <laughs> we love Errol. Yeah. So let's get going here. Total basis. That is the uh, unofficial, official, official, unofficial stat of this podcast, total basis. And he is, Ariel's projecting Vladimir Guerrero to lead the category with 336. I mean, it's basically a who's who on Felipe's team uh, for the Baseball Life League. Vladimir Guerrero, <laughs> Rafael Devers, Juan Soto in the top five. You guys are so screwed this year. <laughs> Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos, if I choose to uh, pick him as one of my six keepers this upcoming year. Are you really thinking about not keeping Nick Castellanos? That would be an interesting. He could be a potential 1-1 in the draft if you don't keep him. Yeah, um, I'm thinking about it. Every, everybody's on the line. But you, you heard the three guys that I, I, I'm locked in right now. Guerrero, Devers, Soto. I mean, I mean, you change. really I, I wouldn't keep Soto if I were you. You know, it's a it's a lot of a risk there. This you guy. should definitely throw him back into the sea and maybe keep an extra relief pitcher. You know, lockdown saves right now. <laughs> we we all know we all know that he's going to keep Kevin Gosman. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, keep thinking that. There's Luis Robert at number 24. That's another guy that I'm really thinking of keeping, you know, because of stolen bases. Right, right, right. Yep. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm sure there's some strong guys up here in the top 30, top 35. Um, okay, so that's that. So uh, it's a who's who of, uh, of important. Look at Wander Franco making players. it in the top 40. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks for uh, yeah. If you see a player you want to talk about, just just scream it out. And that goes to everybody listening this morning at the Baseball Life Facebook group as well. But uh, I just lost him. Where is he? What? What? Oh, number. Oh, he just clears the top forty, beating out Fernando Reyes. So, uh, Wander Franco. We've been talking about him all winter long. Austin, what else you want to add about uh, Wander Franco? Um, he's he's one he's one of the rookie or one of the second year players, I guess you want to say that I'm, that I'm pretty excited to watch. I think the two that I'm excited to watch and see if they um, can beat the sophomore slump, um, sophomore slump, whatever you want to call it, the stigma or, right. You know, try to beat the sophomore slump is Wander Franco and Jonathan India. Um, so hopefully it looks like, you know, Ariel at ATC has, uh, has him projected as going really far and doing really well. Um what is interesting to me is I find him as more of a doubles hitter, um, more of a, you know, a gap to gap type of hitter, but he's projected to hit 18 homers. Um, so that's uh, really interesting. To You're me. not concerned about the low home run percentage, which is what uh, home runs per plate appearances. So uh, he gets 2.8. Uh, he, I guess the home, I guess you can call the home run rate at 2.89%, which is, you can see that it's lower. And for those who weren't here last time, red and orange is really good. Red is really good. Orange is okay. Green, uh, yellow is uh, middle of the road. Green is uh, bad. And red, and then, then uh, the last color is blue, which is awful. So Wonder Franco's power is, uh, uh, Ariel is not very, uh, what do you call it, optimistic about that power beaten uh, at full display this upcoming season. But Austin, you're not concerned about that at all? I don't, I'm not concerned about it, especially if they use him correctly. If they use him in the middle of the order, then I'm concerned. But if they use him as a one-two guy, you know, in the one-two of the lineup, or even as a number nine guy, you know, that's the second leadoff hitter. If they use him at one of those spots, I'm not really concerned because hitting for power is not his job. His job in that in that in that sense is to hit it in the gap, get on base, so that the power guys, the Randy Arozarenas and the you know people like that. Um, 
they can hit him around. You know, I would, I would put him at the top of the lineup. I don't see him as a power hitter. I see him as, um, this is going to be, I think a weird comp. Um, I, I would, I would say he's a Juan Soto light. He gets on base and he, but he doesn't have the power. You know what I mean? I like his, uh, plate discipline at such a young age. And I think he's going to be more of a gap to gap hitter than a power hitter. So as long as he's at the top of the lineup, um, it, it doesn't bother me. It's the quick word of Melvin's in this morning, jet from Milwaukee. My good buddy up there is, uh, is in this morning and, uh, Henry joining us all from the Dong city podcast. They were on, on Wednesday night, uh, talking about everything, including the lockout. Uh, they did a, I pre- I'm pretty sure they do a much better job in terms of explaining it in detail on their show so go check them out if you haven't already uh big shout out to henry for the camera that i'm using this morning as uh, i am live in crystal clear hd i decided that i kind of like the color in the background with them so i didn't turn on any light so that's why i'm in the dark right now uh melvin wants us to talk about randall gritchuk i'm not sure if that's a joke or if he's serious but we can talk about randall gritchuk why not uh henry's already saying that gritchuk belongs in the garbage can in spanish and lastly Felipe's charts get an A from Henry, so that that means a lot. But the color scheme gets a big fat F from him. But you know what? I'll take it as a compliment because you can't spell Felipe without the letter F. So fuck you, Henry. So no, there's <laughs> another F word for you. No, there we go. Guys. Gotta label the title of the episode explicit now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was gonna say, uh, you know what? Though I, I I'm kind of ashamed that we went this whole time without mentioning that it is, we are recording live on Super Sunday. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. I'm pretty sure you got, you're all busy on a very uh, busy Sunday football morning, whatever. This, this will be the last one of the year, unless you guys count the college football all-star games or whatever. But anyway, I digress. There's Randall Gritchuk, number 116th ranked in terms of the total basis. Uh, middle of the road, uh, you know, the power is there. Obviously, the singles, they're not drafting Randall Gritchuk for singles as uh, green means that he's a below average in that department. The home run rate is there. Uh, Sean, any, I mean, there's, I mean, you, you're seeing the plate. This, yeah, I mean, I mean it's critical. He's, he's going to give you 25 ish home runs. Uh, depending on where he bats in the lineup, he could go anywhere from 80 to 90 RBIs. I, th- surprisingly, though, in 2021, he actually he's dropped his strikeout percentage in like four or five stri- straight years. And with yeah. last year being the lowest of his career at 20.9%, which was actually below league average. The thing with Grichuk is he doesn't walk and he really doesn't steal any bases. He had zero stolen bases in 2021. Um, but if the strikeouts hold, maybe he improves a little bit, hits a, for a slightly higher average like he did in 2020, where he batted 273. Um, I could see like 25. He might be a sneaky guy for a 30 home run season that you could get like. With uh, where's his ADP at? Um, uh, yeah, hold on, let me get to it. Uh, it's all so the way at the far side. Yeah, uh, three hundred sixty-six. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's for a guy that is essentially a lock for twenty-five-ish home runs. Yeah. It could get you even more, and is going to be one of the best lineups in baseball. It's all about plate appearances for him. Yeah, and, and really, uh, the, his last two full seasons in Toronto, uh, he had six hundred and twenty-eight in twenty nineteen, and then five hundred and forty-five in twenty twenty-one. So. I guess Toronto likes putting him in the lineup. So, yeah, I, that's, I mean, that's solid value. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I'm kind of concerned about the 290 on base percentage that he's projected to be at right now, um, which I know that's not his game. His game is just power. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, like you said, for the right price, I mean, it, he's a cheap source of power. If you uh, if you wait a little bit, if you're in desperate need for power later in the rounds, uh, we got some requests here. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Henry okay. is like on fire in the chat right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's supposed to be doing taxes, but he's uh, engaged, engaged in this uh, podcast. Someone, okay, Chaz, uh, asking about Nelson Cruz, uh, his stock going up. If it, if it's going up because of the universal DH rule, uh, let's start with Sean again. Uh, Nelson Cruz, do you like him for this upcoming season? You think his uh, stock's going to keep going up, or is an age and a factor here with him? I think it's all going to depend up on where he ends up back at. And really, we won't know anything about that until the lockout ends. I know for some reason, Mets writers have been trying to say that, oh, Nelson Cruz is an option for the Mets at DH. And I'm like, stop it. Get, <laughs> get help. Get some help. Like, no, he's not going to go to the Mets. But, you know, there's teams like Miami that could use a DH. Maybe they choose to not go and sign Nick Castellanos, and maybe they just sign Nelson Cruz. Who knows? Maybe he goes to somewhere we're not even thinking about, like Colorado. Nelson Cruz in Colorado would be really fun. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think it just depends on where he goes. Like if he goes to a team that is not a good offense, yeah, he might get you 30 home runs, but it's going to be like 70, 80 RBIs. And so, next to gonna, nothing in runs. I was going to ask you, Sean, the projections are very friendly. They're usually friendly to older players because of the larger sample size and the predictability of it all. But I'm kind of concerned about the age and the, lack of juice that he's now not juicing anymore at least we're assuming he's not juicing anymore but uh i mean do you think uh these projections i mean they're all in red and orange here do you think these projections are a little bit too friendly towards him because of the large sample size in his career or do you think this is about right i I think it's about right i mean yeah you know atc has him at a a sub 500 slug which normally when you think about Cruz the last few years he hasn't had a sub 500 slugging season since 2012 when he was in texas and then 2021 was the first time he did have one at 497. And we saw the average drop from the, the 300s, which he had in 19 and 20. But even then, from 2015 to uh, Jesus, uh, to 2018, he was a like 260, 270-ish. He had 280 header. Uh, so I, I wouldn't expect 300. I'm not really expecting 280. I think somewhere around 270, probably going to be right around 500, probably a little beneath it. But he's still going to give you a lot of power. Just I think the doubles are gone and completely out of his game at this point. Doubles, yeah. The mid uh, average double uh, production this upcoming season is the projection, but the home run should be there. And again, it all depends where you uh, where he ends up. But I mean, Nelson Cruz or Hunter Renfro. Uh, let's start with Austin since I haven't heard from him. Nelson Cruz or Hunter Renfro there, Austin? Um, probably because he's uh, younger, I'd probably go Renfro um, because. I think age is, is definitely a thing with Nelson Cruz. You definitely don't know what you're going to get because I believe this is his age 42 season, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, so, you know, you don't know if he's going to continue to be the age, ageless wonder or if, in fact, age is going gonna, is gonna to keep up with him. And I think Sean is right. It depends on what team he goes to. If he goes to a team like Miami, which is a cavernous ballpark, you know, he's not going to be hitting very many homers and yeah. we, and you're seeing it with the, with the lower doubles production. Of course he doesn't have any speed, so he's going to hit one triple maybe. Um, he had a triple in 2021. I'm not sure if you guys <laughs> saw that chat. I was just looking it up and he had a triple and I was super excited about that. <laughs> um, you know, you're not, 
I'm not, especially if he goes to a bigger ballpark, you're going to see a lot more flyouts. So I would rather, I would rather take Hunter Renfro. Um, the, uh, the other one that's interesting that I saw in the chat as well, that's kind of Nelson Cruz light at this point is, is kind of a younger uh, Nelson Cruz is Luke Voigt. So, Oh, I would, wow. Um, I would be interested to see where, where's Luke Voigt at. Do you know? Well, really quick. I heard Sean sign when I asked him about Nelson Cruz or Hunter Renfro. I got another question for you, Sean, before I go move on to Luke Voigt, Nelson Cruz, Hunter Renfro or CJ Crone for this upcoming season. Oh, um, shit. three, I go Crone. Yeah. Crone, but probably just because he's in Colorado. Um, uh, but I, I like Renfro in Milwaukee. Um, he's got to make some of that the changes that he made this year stick. I mean, him having a 22.7 strikeout percentage in 2021 was massive. Um, if he can keep it like sub 30 or just sub 28 and put the ball in play more, we know he has terrific power. Um, but yeah, Crone, I, I think I go Crone, maybe Renfro, maybe Renfro, but it definitely, I'm, I'm not taking Cruz out of those top three, especially at his uh ADP. I kind of I kind of like Nelson Cruz over the bunch. Although, yes, yeah, he's going in Colorado. Sounds very enticing. So I guess I would rank Crone, Cruz, and Renfro. That uh, would be my take. Uh, someone asked about Frank Schwindel. I just feel like talk about last week. Frank <laughs> Schwindel every week. It seems like every show it's the Frank Schwindel show. That's going to be our 2022 player. But Schwindel is ranked uh, 98th overall in terms of the total basis uh, for the upcoming year. Uh, I mean, we talked about this guy at Ausium, but here's the numbers, uh, 87. He, he's a well-balanced hitter, according to the projections, uh, the 21 home runs. We talked about how we were kind of concerned about the low uh, stat cast numbers that he puts up, despite the big production that he had last year. Uh, there's a low walk rate, but, a, you know, he swings so much and is such an aggressive swinger. It makes plenty of contact that he doesn't, he doesn't strike out a lot either. He's not a speed burner, obviously. But uh, he's a nice little hitter. I am concerned about that 312 on base percentage. And uh, I, I guess uh, Ariel thinks that he's going to come back down to earth a little bit. But uh, Austin, I, well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, let's start with you, Austin. Austin, uh, now that you see the projections for this upcoming season, what are what is uh, does, has anything changed about Frank Schwindel in your mind? I think these projections are a little friendly. Uh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, I think... I think he is going to come back down to earth a little bit. And I think especially I, I it's, it's tough. Um, he, I liked watching Frank Schwindel. I think Schwindel was a really uh, cool guy to watch. I think he was riding a hot streak. He, he is a guy that doesn't strike out very often, but I think it's going to turn into a guy that, you know, doesn't strike out every, very often, but is going to get a lot of, like ground ball outs and line outs and stuff. And it's going to be a guy we're going to be talking about at the end of the year, be like, well, he didn't strike out. He just hit it to the wrong place is I think is type is the type of guy we're going to talk about. Bad uh, luck. Yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of bad luck. I think we're going to, I think Frank, the tank is going to kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Well, is he I just like a larger this. version of Donovan Solano. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't strike yeah. out as much as Donovan Solano, but it's like the line drive approach. Kind of meh power. I like, I could see it. Like, he has like the shelf life of Donovan Solano, which was like a year and a half. But he got a cool ass nickname out of it Donnie Barrels. Like, that was like the coolest <laughs> thing in the world. I, 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 you guys know how I feel about Schwindel. I think he's a good uh, first half rental for your team. And then you kind of, as soon as he gets off to a hot start, you kind of flip him over to a, an unsuspecting owner and uh, reap the rewards on the hot start. Cause the Cubs, I feel like the Cubs are going to use, take advantage of uh, any production he gets for the team and just 
get a few prospects for him, low-level prospects, if anything. That's my take on Schwindel. I've been pretty consistent about that. Uh, Henry mentioning Luke Voigt, and I think Austin also mentioned Luke Voigt. That's so why go. I mentioned it because Harry, because Hen- Harry, Henry was saying it. Maybe that should be his name, Harry. Harry. Uh, 129th, <laughs> uh, 29, 129th <laughs> overall in terms of total basis. Uh, Luke Voigt is, uh, you're seeing it there. Uh, I mean, this guy's all power all the time. He's not going to get you much variety, which I think that's been a Yankee uh, fan complaint about the lineup overall, really. Luke Voigt personifies it with its uh, its home runner bust. Not much variety. Strikes out a lot. Uh, doesn't walk enough to kind of uh, offset those strikeouts either. Um, but let's look at the triple slash line. Uh, decent, respectable. Uh, Henry thinks that there's going to be a huge trade market for Luke Voigt. Uh, let's start with uh, Sean. Sean, your thoughts on Luke Voigt. I don't think he's, I think in 2021, obviously, he struck out over 30% of the time. I don't think he's that type of hitter. I think the walk rate, it's not going to be as high as it was in 2019, pushing 14%. But I think it'll be around 9 10% with, you know, a middling strikeout, probably 24 25%. And I think he is a possibility if Matt Olson does get traded after the lockout. Uh, there's going to be several teams that are going to be like with surplus first baseman approaching Oakland saying, well, what... Do you want them? We'll take anything. And that's going to be guys like Luke Foyt with the Yankees, Dominic Smith from the Mets. Uh, you could even talk about maybe in Milwaukee where they have both Telez and Vogelbach, I think. Maybe Vogelbach got non-tendered. I'm not 100% sure. But there's several teams that have excess at first base. And if Olsen gets moved, I, I think – in Luke Voigt in Oakland, though, that's – I don't think that's the best place for him because that is – a ballpark that does not like righty power or lefty power, really. So um, I'm kind of out on him. I was in on him last year, but until I know he's getting everyday plate appearances, I'm out. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's uh, that is a concern always with him. Uh, Austin, do you share the same sentiment as uh, Sean or do you have a different take? Um, we're talking about Luke Voigt, right? Yeah. How many one arm bench presses is he is is he uh, projected to have? <laughs> uh, too many, too many. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think he's he's in that. I, I I think I have the same sentiment as 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 Sean. Um, I don't I don't. He could have a he could have a trade market, um, especially with the universal DH rule. Um, the I could also see the Yankees maybe giving him one one more shot, but it seems like he's kind of moved to the bench and he's not very happy about it. So, you know, he, he could be traded for, but I, I, I'm the same as Sean. I'm, I'm out on Luke Voigt. I'm not, especially with the fact that he strikes out so much and doesn't walk. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in on Luke Voigt. All right. Uh, I don't think he doesn't walk at all. Like 18 to 20, he was walked over 11 and a half percent, but you actually, he could go join Frank Spindell in Chicago and a Clint Frazier. That would help both teams, I think. I don't, I don't know who the Yankees get back, but put all the ex-Yankees on the Cubs and just see what happens. Well, return uh, Glaber Torres coming back too? Uh, no, <laughs> God, Glaber Torres would fall off if a Gla- cliff if you listen, went back. If Glaber Torres comes back to the Cubs, the Cubs won that trade. Bar none. <laughs> there, I said, I said what I said. All right, Melvin's asking about Eugenio Suarez. That's a guy I, I was. Uh, I, I, oops, I forgot that's uh, last name, first name. Uh, that's a guy I was kind of high on last year. I gave him another chance on my points league team, and boy, did he disappoint. But he's supposed to finish 102nd 
on the total basis uh, projection. So a little bit of a bounce back projection from Ariel here. Let's see what else we got. Uh, yeah, not a singles player, uh, home runner bust. So that's that's part of the problem is that he's home runner bust. Strikeouts are way, way, way high, even in a league that strikes out a lot. Uh, he's nearing the 30% strikeout rate threshold, which is a big red flag for us. I, I, actually, anything above 25 is a red flag for us. Um, well, depending on the walks yeah, and yeah. <laughs> the approach and all that. But that, you know, I'm just trying to speak in general terms. The batting average, I know we're not big on batting average, but this just tells me that he's not only uh, home run or bust, but he's not even making enough good contact to put the ball on the, on the ground or put the ball in place. So give him an opportunity to raise that batting average. And uh, yeah, low, I mean, the on-base percentage is low according to projections as well. Sean, what, what's been going on with Eugenio Suarez after the big uh, season, power seasons as he had before the year before uh, in 2021? I, I mean, I saw this coming since 2019, and then the Mets were trying to trade for him after 2019. Oh, we need a third baseman. He just hit 49 home runs. And the, when you look break out his huge 2019 season, it was a, a four-win season. He act, basically had three in a row, four-win seasons. But each year, the strikeouts and the swinging strike rate got higher and higher. And then in 2019, he, he hit all those home runs. And as the season came to an end, he was trying to get to 50. And it was just like, it, he was, oh, it was so bad. It was like hard to watch. And then basically this year, we got to see that for 145 games because he stayed relatively healthy. He was just terrible. And no. this week, you know, they announced that they had already agreed on the universal DH. And I went back and Eugenio Suarez finished the year with a 0.6 uh, positional F4 uh, from Fangraphs' war. And you know who also had uh, as a positional F4 of 0.06 or 0.6, 0.6 was Jacob deGrom in 35 pl uh, plate appearances. Had the same war as a hitter as a Eugenio Suarez. Even with that, he hit 31 home runs. But I mean... He hurt your batting average basically more than Joey Gallo does, in my opinion. So that's saying a lot right there. Yeah, no, he's not just hurting average. I mean, I, I'm in a points league. He he. Didn't oh yeah, do strikeouts can kill you. Even with the home runs, he didn't do jack for me at all. I had to drop him. Even with the shortstop eligibility, he didn't do anything. As Henry said, he got exposed. Oh. I wish it was a. I don't. I mean, I have to assume it's a little bit more complicated than that. But at this point, yeah, it seems like everybody caught up to him and. Uh, maybe there's something to do with the with the balls being juiced or non-juice. I don't know what the topic is anymore with Manfred and what he's trying to do. I do have the baseball savant numbers, but we did that last week. So he, he did have a really good like last month of the season. Okay, now I'm which kidding. yeah, but I'm not really like he hit 370 in the last uh, September. Um, had I think eight or nine home runs, but uh, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm out on him. Did you ever see any of his play at shortstop? when they had him there in like May. No, April. but I heard it was pretty bad. Oh my I think he had 10 errors in I think two weeks. I mean it was it was so absolutely brutal. Um I think he had the lowest OAA among all shortstops and he only played there like 30 games. So I'm on the baseball savant stuff that we did last week. I'm just kind of curious about who Kenio Suarez the curiosity got the better of I me. Mean, yeah all power no skill expected I mean this is what this the stack cast numbers don't save him. Batting average is bad. The expected batting average is bad. The expected on base percentage is bad. So it, it's in line with what uh, the projections are saying about him. 
Uh, exit velo is below 90 miles an hour. He did get 51 barrels and a 15% barrel rate, so all is not lost with him, but it only amounted to 39% hard hit rate, which is uh, somewhat among the uh, somewhere along the middle of the road stuff. Uh, strikeout rate is high. And, oh, my God, aggressive, aggressive, aggressive for no reason. Uh, outside the zone, swing and miss, 56.4%. So they're just toying with him at that point. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and not only that, but uh, I'm sorry, I, I, did I say aggressive? I meant to say that he could be a little bit more aggressive because it's green, so he should be swinging a little bit more. He only has an outside the zone swinging percentage of 23.2%. But when he does swing outside the zone, it, it bad results happen. It's not <laughs> a very good look. And he has a whiff rate of 29.5%. Everything going against this poor guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a sprint speed, 26.7. Yeah, and it's an unfortunate because he used to be a very well-rounded hitter. I mean, yeah. his first few years in the league, 2015 to really 2019 when he had the, the his last good year, he was a 267 hitter. He walked 10% of the time, strikeout rate right underneath 25%. And, like, he had the power. Like, he didn't need to sell out for power. If you have to sell out for power in Great American Ballpark, you have issues. Just yeah, put the ball in play, and you're going to hit 30 home runs. I mean, ask Zach Cozart and Scooter Jeanette. <laughs> My name is Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. All right, so uh, that's the total basis. Let's I guess this is a bad time to mention that Scooter is my childhood nickname. <laughs> I could totally It's also Michael that. Conforto's nickname. Oh, of course it is. Smichael Scooter Conforto. Yeah, I could see that too. So can I can I add something to Eugenio Suarez that I'm looking at sure, right now? So sure. um what I'm looking at right here from uh so at the beginning of his career in tw- in 2015, his ground ball percentage was 41.9%, his line drive percentage was 29.2%, his fly ball percentage was 24.3%, right? So he was mainly a ground ball hitter that could also, you know, had a little bit of power. But as it's gone now, as it as his career is gone his ground ball percentage has dropped to almost 35 percent his fly ball percentage has gone up 11 percent and his line drive percentage is down so now he's more of a fly ball hitter the other thing that i was looking at was uh pitch types and trying to see if i could find a pattern with that the run values on these pitch types is 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 pretty interesting to look at and what i'm really seeing is pitchers are exposing him with pitches that break downward right so uh on a splitter his run value is zero on a (laughs) sinker his run value negative 16 on a slider which kind of breaks down right his run value negative three curveball a one change up a one you're looking at a four seamer his run value goes up to a four a cutter his run value goes up a little bit so anything that breaks down he's not he's not hitting because now he's turned his swing into more of a fly ball swing and most of the pitches that these pitchers are throwing are breaking down right so i re- i think uh, as henry said in the chat he's been exposed he, can, he you yeah. know he's having a hard time hitting these pitches that break downward so unless he changes the swing his swing path to meet the ball that's breaking downward he's going to continue to have problems yeah, and that would explain the uh, out, the horrible outside the zone swing and miss uh, at being at 56.4% and the big whiff rate at 29.5%. It, it all makes sense if you look at it, if you break it down from that perspective. Because I remember purple is, you should probably stop swinging, and green means that he should swing more. Yeah, he's uh, he's hacking out there when it's outside the strike zone. Uh, Sean, I feel like you're breathing and sign over there. You, you, have, yeah. you, you have something to add here? Yeah, basically uh, three straight years. Uh, he always whiffed a good bit, but his quality of contact was pretty good. But the last three years against breaking balls, whiff rate in 2019, first time over 40%. In 2020, 
in 2020, went to 49.5%, whiffing on almost half the breaking balls that were thrown to him. He also hit 125 against them. And then this year, all he got was the same amount of breaking balls, exactly 31.2% faced, batted 183, whiffed 43% of the time. Uh, yeah, he, teams just are just going to feed him breaking ball after breaking ball after breaking ball, and he can't hit it, so. He's right, a great let's... fastball hitter, but he can't hit the breaking ball. In I mean, he, not not in 2021. He wasn't even a good fastball in 20, hitter in yeah, 2021. He was not. He was 2019. Not he crushed game. fastballs, and even before that, he was a great dead red hitter. But yeah, 2021. It, the uh, what's what's the saying? The brakes came off. The the wheels came off. The wheels. The, the wheels. The, fell off the, the rails bus. popped off. Like I, I don't know whatever you want to yeah, say. Don't but don't was... ask me because I, I think the wheels on the bus go round and round at this point. <laughs> Uh, looking at the at the some of the lower uh, ranked players in terms of total bases, just trying to see if I can find someone of uh, maybe some value. I see five triples, and that's from Kevin Kiermeyer. So, <laughs> so uh, he's uh, ranked 248th, and there's only 318 players ranked on this list. He's 248th in total bases, but damn it, he's going to get you five triples next year. So if you're in a league that rewards triples, by all means, I'll see this Escobar 75 singles which is what that's almost half of the total bases are just singles. So there's a singles hitter for you along with uh, some guy named Santiago Espinal. All right. He had, he had uh, a good year for the blue Jays. He yeah. Was, all right. Yeah, he was, he all right. had a good little season. All right. A little guy, a little season. All right. Uh, there's Kevin Newman or one of our favorite uh, Pittsburgh pirates of all time, along with uh, who's the other guy, Kevin Newman and Brian Reynolds, Kevin, Kevin Kramer, Kramer and Newman. Get it. Seinfeld reference. <laughs> Isaiah Kiner Falefa, always a good choice in the late rounds because uh, he'll get you a little bit of everything. Uh, Austin, where do you want to go? What category you want to see here? We got hits, singles, doubles, triples, doubles, and triples, home runs, home run rate, runs, RBI. I you was I this? was interested to hear you talk about your uh, your hustle ball and your home oh, run okay. ball. All right, I was, I'm glad you brought that up. So that, as you guys can see, there's home runs plus stolen bases, which is my cheap attempt to find uh, power speed combinations, which are always. Uh, in high demand for me, but let's take a look at the hustle ball, which we mentioned before. It is singles, triples, walks, hit by pitch, and stolen base aggregates. So, the leader of the hustle ball for next year, Juan Soto. Why? Because he's a freaking freak of nature. He not only leads this category, but he's just dominating guys like Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, Starlin Marte, Whit Merrifield. Let's start with you, uh, Austin. Uh, any player in the top? Uh, let's call it the top twenty-five. That catches your eye uh, on this leaderboard here, Miles Straw. Oh yes, yes. You know I don't like. <laughs> I literally have him pulled up right now. Literally have him pulled up right now. <laughs> well, you know uh, how I feel about my punch and Judy hitters, but this is a guy I definitely want on my team. I mean, the doubles and triples aren't there. I mean, they are in a in combination, but not individually. The home runs are definitely not there. But uh, he's a very patient hitter uh, in terms of uh, drawing walks and limiting strikeouts, relatively speaking. But the big number is the 30 big fat stolen base he's going to get for you. And you know what? Let's look at the triple slash line. The 341 on base percentage from a space dealer. I mean, you got to take that. The one concern is the low slugging percentage. But from a guy who can steal potentially 30 bases for you, uh, you'll you'll suffer with that yeah. because he's going to get on base and he's going to rack up the stolen bases. At least that's the hope. All right. Uh, who wants to start? Austin or Sean? Flip a coin. I don't know. Awesome. Go ahead, Austin. Um, so I, I really like Miles straw. I'm pretty high on Miles straw this year, um, because of the stolen bases, but like, you know, when, um, I was looking at John, um, Jonathan's, um, all ball, small ball, middle ball, big ball, all of that stuff. Um, Miles straw is on top of the small ball 
right? He's on top of the small ball numbers. And uh, I believe if I remember correctly, he's kind of up there in the mid ball as well. But his big thing is the small ball. He's going to get on base and he's going to steal bases. You know what I mean? He's going to, you know, he's going to, he's not going to hit you for power by any means, but he's going to, I think he's going to be a great asset to have in your outfield, especially now that he's getting playing time. Um, I really liked Miles uh, Miles Straw last year, especially when he got traded to Cleveland. And now that he's going to be a permanent fixture in the outfield for Cleveland, I'm, I'm looking for him to really produce fantasy-wise. I, I, I would be pretty high on Miles Straw this year in your draft. For those who can't see, Miles Straw is seventh in this hustle ball category I kind of created on the fly. Uh, uh, Sean, let's uh, this this will be the last player we we uh, we both uh, all three of us chime in about because we're getting we're about twenty minutes away from the top of the hour. So, so what what do you have to add about Miles Straw here? You see, I think everyone that says you know Miles Straw is the punch and Judy hitter, he's just Malik Smith. He's gonna have a short. <laughs> Like, I, I mean, like, I, I've literally legitimately I like heard that, that on Twitter. Like that but it's it, if you look at their minor league numbers, they're actually very different. Malik Smith was always a guy who really would purposely put the ball on the ground and use his electric speed. And Grady, I think he had a little bit better of a, uh, a stolen base uh, percentage than Miles Straw. Um, I'm messing up trying to get stolen base percentage here, but don't worry. Miles Straw is a guy that doesn't just put the ball on the ground and try and use a speed. He hits line drives. He hits it all over the field. And when you look at his minor numbers, you'll see it uh, consistently putting up batted balls, you know, never really topping out, going above 50% or like Malik Smith did when he was in the majors. He had like a 61, 62% ground ball rate one year. And it was good. Like he, he was actually pretty good because that was what he needed to do. But Miles Straw, I think, he might not be a total zero in home runs. Like I know a lot of people are, I'm not expecting like 15, but four, four home I, runs? I think he might be closer to 10. I oh mean, boy. he might just hit enough line drives, like especially to right field in Cleveland. It's kind of short. It's low fence. I, I think he might just knock a few. And I think he's going to have absolutely a green light to run however much he wants. Yeah. And I mean, in 2018, when he was in AAA, hit most games he played at AAA, um, he was 35 for 38. In 2019, uh, between AAA and the majors, he was 27 of 32. And then this year, he was 36 of 38, I believe. Yeah. Um, or uh, 36. I can't count. 36 for 42 between uh, Houston and Cleveland. So. Well, you got me kind of concerned because you mentioned Malik Smith and Miles Straw in the same sentence now. Yeah, yeah, but but he like they're different batted ball profiles. And all right, I, all right. I thought Malik Smith didn't walk as much as he did because they were both talking about oh, both guys had very good walk percentages coming through the minors. And I was like, Malik Smith walked, and yeah, he actually walked a lot in the minors, so that is similar. But when you look at their batted ball profile, Miles Straw is definitely more of the uh, I don't want to say launch angle, but more of the line drive. Uh, hitter and I think that will age more gracefully and he actually doesn't have terrible fly ball percentages great and that might not be in his best interest but if he is going to hit a few home runs I mean I don't know I I like his chances I don't think he's miles for um, Malik Smith I, I, think well, I, I was a I was a I was a big fan of Malik Smith when he was coming up and then he just kept disappointing me but I thought he was one of those guys that I always wanted high on base percentage and he has a green light to steal bases unfortunately uh it didn't work out and I don't know where he, where is Malik Smith anyway? Not on this list. Uh, he was with the Mets, I think, in spring training. Um, spring training, and then the minors they cut him, 
And then he was between Cincinnati's minor league. And then I think he ended up with Toronto's back, back again in Toronto, but I, I, he might be a free agent now. All right. Lightning round style. Uh, we each get a player to uh, kind of evaluate here. I'm going to start with Kristen Yelich. Uh, I, you know, selfishly, because he's in my points league, and and, and the, you know that Austin has been nice enough to join as as a new member. So congratulations, Austin, for accepting our invitation. Gerson Yelich, though, he's one of my key uh, keeper uh, potential guys. How the mighty have fallen. Once goes from MVP uh, caliber player to someone who's on the bubble on my team. But a lot of the, as you see, the projections they're loving him. I mean, the home runs aren't there. But everything else is in orange and red hue colors, so that's a good sign. The strikeouts are way too high, though, and uh, we do penalize for that in our points league. But it, maybe it's something we can live on. I can live with if that means that he kind of gives us a big bounce back year next year. He's 14th overall on the hustle ball, which again, that's the small ball type of uh, statistics: the singles, the, the stolen bases, hit by pitch, walks, so on and so forth. He might even pitch in 13 stolen bases, but this might be also a thing where the projections, because Christian Yelich has been in the league for so long that they're very friendly towards him, like I talked about with Nelson Cruz. But uh, I am still optimistic. You don't become an MVP caliber and then just disappear from the face of the planet just like that. I mean, even the StatCast numbers showed a guy that might bounce back for 2022. So I'm going to go with that, with that optimistic, sunny disposition. I mean, there's a lot to like about him in terms of the projections. Whether that actually comes to fruition in 2022 remains to be seen. It's it's uh, it's kind of a at this point. Would you guys agree that this is a high risk, high reward type of player for this upcoming year? Yes. Yes. Goddamn, Austin. Let's start with you. Any other player as we scroll down this list that you want to talk about uh, um, in terms of the hustle ball uh, numbers? I'll just you keep know going what's down. funny is hustle ball. The one the one person that really like jumped out at me was Aaron Judge. Where is he? Oh, Aaron, number 26. All right. Aaron Judge is 26. He's pretty high on here because you don't think of Aaron Judge as kind of a smaller ball type of person. You, th- I would think he'd be up there in the power ball. But when you think about it, he really rounded out his game last year. He stayed yeah. on the field. He was healthy. He rounded out his game. He, he hit for a good average. He hit. He still hit for his power. Um, I mean, obviously Aaron judge is going to be a keeper, but I would, I would, um, bank on Aaron judge being, uh, a, a really good uh, candidate this year for, um, being a very, very productive fantasy player. And even in real life, I could see him getting his first MVP if he, if he keeps going and, uh, he, you know, he is where he's supposed to be. If he, uh, I'm still looking for him to kind of, um, bring down his strikeouts a little bit, but his walk percentage is at 12.28%. So I'm willing, I'm willing to have a 25% strikeout percentage as long as he continues to walk the way he does. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that. I would look for Aaron judge to be actually a pretty, uh, pretty good all around fantasy, uh, fantasy production player. Don't let go of Aaron judge. If you're in a keeper league. Yeah. He's got to chip in five stolen bases according to his projections and everything else. But I mean, you can't go wrong with Aaron judge, but yeah, it is kind of surprising that he shows up very high on the uh, hustle list. And that's probably because the walks probably, Makes the walks relevant. probably saved him, yeah. But yeah. still, you know, it's it's nice to see a power hitter up there in more of the small ball category. Yeah, uh, Sean, who's your player that you want to talk about in this hustle ball category? As I keep scrolling down here. Well, first, Austin saying he's willing to do something. I think he needs to come move to Alabama. He would fit in perfectly down here because he <laughs> he's he's willing to take those strikeouts. But no, I'm going to go with the guy. Did you? He didn't pronounce the G. It was a very southern thing. He's a willing to. 
Oh yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah, yeah. But well, I'm, I'm gonna go from, with the guy my dad's here, from Texas. So. There you go. That that makes that sense. explains that makes sense. it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, JP Crawford, Texas, got it. JP Crawford over here, according to your yes. hustle, hustle ball metric, is slammed right in between Jose Ramirez and Brian Reynolds. Obviously, he's not going to come close to either of those guys. Uh, I know some people are hoping that oh, maybe JP Crawford will steal some bases. Uh, I hate to tell you, but that's not going to happen. And in 2021. He stole three bases. He was caught six times. Granted, this was his best career year yet. Um, the strikeout rate came down. Walk rate's still pretty solid. He batted 273, which was a career high on base near 340. He, and he had 687 plate appearances. This is a guy that if he bats like 280, like if, he, if his average does keep coming up a little bit, he has so many plate appearances that he is a guy with all of his base hits could actually – not really save you from Joey Gallo's batting average because I see a lot of people, they say, Oh, I need a 330 hitter to uh, help me with Joey Gallo's batting average. No, you need somebody that has a lot of plate appearances and hits like 290, 300. I already see you laughing, but like Nick, if Nick Madrigal could get 687 plate appearances, like he could legitimately help, but really you need plate appearances and base hits to help with Joey Gallo's average. But JP Crawford is one of those sneaky guys that actually, yeah, you could pair with Joey Gallo just because there's so many plate appearances. I am so glad you brought up J.P. Crawford because I'm like, I know we're not just going to skip him on this list. You know, he, he's so like in the two people he smacked right in between like that just cracked me up. All I keep thinking is like one of these things don't belong together. Can you tell I have a toddler at home? All right. One of these things don't belong at all. And it's J.P. Crawford with his low slugging percentage and low on base percentage and low everything else but i mean you guys saw that he's full of red and orange hues so they really like him out there all right let's keep going down this list um in the, the hustle I ball saw category. A tweet. so Go i ahead. saw a tweet that <clears throat> talked about joey gallo right and his fantasy production although he hits home runs he strikes out so much and his his average yeah. is so low he's actually equivalent to negative 27 homers or something <laughs> yeah i saw i saw that one as well i saw that one as well uh, yeah you saw it too yeah it I saw was it. such a banana statistic i was like I need this. I need to see this math because that's that's bananas. But I mean, it it's true. Or I would I would I would believe it anyway. I didn't work out the math, but I would believe it. Yeah, Joey Gallo uh, is usually one of my favorite players to go after, but not this year. I just don't like him at all. Let's go deep, deep, deep into the deep sea level. Uh, the, let's see all this murkiness, all this blue. Just trying to find to see if there's anybody worth mentioning here as we like, go from the bottom up. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, that's a playtime thing, though. He's not going to play enough to uh, really matter in terms of strikeouts. So, no, uh, isn't, isn't he the one that got caught in the Yes. <laughs> like, we already know what you're going to say. And yes, yes, it is. That's him right there. <laughs> let's not talk about that anymore because we're trying to be, keep it kid friendly even after my F bombs. You um, think, think he'd have more power with his forearms? Oh. Uh, <laughs> been waiting all morning to make that joke uh, here's, here's a name that sticks out like a sore thumb uh sore arm i guess uh our he's gonna need I tommy john surgery <laughs> he's out for the year yeah. why because he jerked it too much okay. definitely actually, going he, with the explicit title on this one <laughs> actually i uh, know reese mcguire was last seen with austin spiro at the los angeles or i'm sorry oh. Austin, at southern california uh at the at the honky tonk doing the jerk oh. no no that's no <laughs> oh, oh no you were doing the root dude i'm sorry the root oh dude. no 
<laughs> I, I I mix up the root deal with the with the jerk that you know that dance. Yeah, like, yeah, no, <laughs> no. All right. To slightly get off this topic, you know what I just realized? Joey Gallo just turned twenty eight. I feel like he'd be way older, but he debuted I'm at twenty one. Telling you, man. Telling I, I, you, and man. if he's in Yankee Stadium, like I, I just want a full year in Yankee Stadium. I'm trying to Hell buy yeah. him everywhere, and if he if it doesn't work out, whatever. But like, could you see him like having a sixty home run season? Yes. Like even with just like some uh, uh, like hitting more fly balls, like I don't. He's gonna bat like two hundred, but he's gonna have sixty home runs, and it's gonna be the craziest thing in the world. He's oh, gonna have uh, he's gonna have seventy two homers and or uh, seventy two hits and sixty homers. Hey, I am <laughs> here for the home run season record breaking more home runs than singles. I, I am here for that. <laughs> Excuse me. Why is uh, Tony uh, Edmond so low? Well, all right, it's, all right, it's, oh. His PAs are off. That, that's what I mentioned at the beginning. His PAs are off. Uh, oh yeah, why is he so low? Let me see. Yeah, Tommy, I, I, I noticed that before the show. Why does he, why is he only getting two hundred eighteen plate appearances? Yeah, he that's that's not accurate. Right now, he's projected Great. to have over six hundred. So yeah, way to go, I, Austin. You gave I, the wrong. <laughs> ATC says he's going to get hurt. I guess. Oh uh, yeah, he's uh, right now. ATC has him at six hundred and nine plate appearances, twelve home runs, twenty three stolen bases. Yeah, because I was sorting by home run and I saw that he only had five. And I was like, Wait. I know Tommy Edmond doesn't have a lot of power, but he's going to hit more than five home runs. Wait, he's uh, Tommy Edmond's projected to get 609 uh, plate appearances? Yes. Yeah. I'm not impressed by the projected uh, triple slash line, though. I mean, 234, 324. I know that these are no, just No, it, it, it's 268, 318, 403. Uh, so now what do we it, it, I, I think that one's just completely off. Uh, well, Austin, you got to start over, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, the other ones, I, I went and I checked some of the top names, and they're all, like, relative. I mean, I think... The home runs might have changed by one or two on a couple of guys, but yeah, the Tommy Edwin meant the Tommy Edmund one. I don't know what happened there. Please don't make me start over. You don't have to start <laughs> over. I mean, I guess we could um, we could just uh, type in the new numbers yeah. manually, just, but to do it for just, one player, I don't know yeah. about that. Yeah, just but, according to uh, this spreadsheet, Tommy Edmund is an absolute steal. <laughs> yeah, where's his ADP at? ADP is at, I'm going. Oh, it's like right on. No, why? that's no, that's not right. His, his ADP is around like 130, I think. But why is it so low after like it was, uh, I cannot believe uh, after a one week or two weeks, this is the big difference. All right, we're, we're stuck on this topic too long. Too much Tommy <laughs> Edmund not having the right numbers. We'll, we'll have to adjust manually, a I guess. ADP right now is actually uh inside the top 100, it's 96. How is this possible? What, did it, what the f- anyway? That's oh, <laughs> what the wait, why? Oh, you know what? It looks like uh. Somehow, Jace Peterson's statistics uh, trickled down to Tommy. Tommy okay, that, that makes more sense. All right. So I guess I'll have to do it myself then. But uh, yeah, I was going to talk about Aristides Aquino being, you know, seal blue and then a big home run rate. Uh, is this, uh, Sean, is this anything to talk about here? I think it is because he was a name that stuck out. I think according to these projections, he was only like a sub 300, but he was right around. Um, 12 or 13 home runs. And I think he's a guy that could be a huge beneficiary of the universal DH. I don't think he's all that great of a hitter. He strikes out way too much. We saw that um, even in the last two years since he broke out at the end of 2019, but ATC has him projected for 16 home runs in 291 plate appearances. If he gets 600 plate appearances, that's 30 plus home runs. Uh, I, I think that's a, a sneaky value for power. Um, he just needs to make more contact. He needs to stop spending so much time in the cage with Ahuenio Suarez. 
Um, because that's like when you look at his numbers, that's I feel like him and Suarez are doing the same exact thing. So maybe that's a a coaching philosophy thing because his walk rate has gone up, the strikeout rate is skyrocketed essentially, but he definitely has legit power. And any player that plays in Great American Ballpark and can get 600 plate appearances with that type of power is someone to keep an eye on. As you've seen, I'm I'm trying to update Tommy Edmonds' numbers, and you're already seeing like much oh, yeah. better improvement. Oh yeah, for here. sure. Austin, stall for me. Who do you want to talk about from this bottom of the list here? Uh, the bottom of the list here. Uh, this is this one's hard because it's so many of the it's so many players that's like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah. yeah so, too. so a rule of thumb here is just you know I kind of scroll up and see if any any colors pop you know because it's all blue so I'm looking for anything red orange. Yeah. So I guess I guess the one that I I guess the one that pops out at me is the six point two five home run percentage of Mike Zunino. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Mike Zunino, another one like I because catcher is so thin. Yeah, you could consider you can consider Mike Zunino as someone who's who might produce for you at the catching position. But overall, I'm not high on Mike Zunino because just because he strikes out way too much. You know mm. what I mean? Um, so it's just I mean, you're looking at it right there. Thirty five point six percent strikeout percentage. He's and, and only an eight point one five percent walk percentage. It's it's not good, but again, you only have two or three catchers that that are return value. Yeah, that have any sort of value and are going to be legitimate producers for your fantasy team. So Mike Zunino becomes a legitimate thought of maybe I should have him as a catcher. Like he's definitely going to be taken in the draft mm-hmm. for sure. It's just can you? It's like a race to the Salvador Perez, the JT Real Mutos, and then it's everybody else. I mean, you know Sean, I mean? Sean, question, where, where's, what, what, uh, what's Tommy Edmonds' ADP here? Uh, like 96 was on Fantasy Pros. That's good enough for me. I don't yeah. care. Uh, yeah, All right. but Go Zanino, ahead. he only played in 109 games. Um, he split, you know, time with guys like Francisco Mejia. Uh, he still tallied 33 home runs. He has one of the top barrel percentages in all of baseball. Um, 375 plate appearances, 33 home runs, which was, I think, second among catchers behind only Salvador Perez. Like, yeah, that's a guy, yeah, he batted 216, but it was only in 375 uh, plate appearances of bats. Um, So it doesn't hurt your average as much as, you know, just seeing, oh, you know, 216. But definitely a guy that I want, because I think he's going to play more, um, simply because Francisco Mejia really hasn't done much for them. He yep. had a, a WRC plus 134, 34%. And in only 109 games, he had a four and a half win season. He's a great defensive catcher. I think Tampa Tampa Bay might run him out there closer to 120, 130 games this year. I would not be surprised. Let's see. Well, Mejia, I see right at the bottom of the list here. So 80 games versus 103 for uh, Zanino. Uh, it's still same sea of blue here. But uh, yeah, because of Zanino's more plate appearances, uh, Zunino has more of a, a variety in terms of hit distribution, but that's because more playing time, better, uh, you know, strikeout numbers, I guess, for Mejia, much better. I mean, I guess anything is better than Zunino at this point. But yeah, but Zunino, I, but Zunino actually produces. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, he strikes out, Mejia doesn't, but he's producing and he's a better defender. I'm just trying to find the see. I mean, yeah, even the on-base stuff and the, and the rate stats, they're very minimal uh, advantages for Mejia. Yeah, and if you want but, something crazy with Zanino, if you're in a daily league, 
Uh, just go look at his day, uh, not daily splits, his lefty righty splits from 2021. Uh, they are the most ridiculous looking things you've ever seen. Uh, in 2021 against lefties, he batted 342 with a 420 on base, 868 slugging, which was good for a 243 WRC plus, 143% better than league average. Against right handed pitchers, he batted 151 with a 240 on base and a 397 slug in a near 40% strikeout rate. It, right. it, it doesn't make sense, but there it is. All right. Other players that we can, I mean, now you're starting, as we go up the list uh, on the hustle ball from the bottom to the top, you're starting to see more red, more orange a little bit. There's Alejandro Kirk, which I know is Sean's darling there. Speaking of catchers, right? Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Which, I, 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 the one that Kirk? I was going to pick was actually a catcher, but it was not Kirk. Would it's you pick Kirk over it. Zanino? Uh, no, because I don't, I don't trust Kirk's ability to get playing time right now. All right. I, I like, I, I love Kirk. I, I mean, I just, yeah. I don't trust his ability to get playing time right now. Yeah. And you got, especially oh God, their top, pro, like one of the top prospects in baseball is that catcher for Toronto. Now, uh, Gabriel Moreno or Moreno, um, who just kind of came out of nowhere, still has a, a ways to go to get, I think he ended up at triple a, but he skipped double a or something crazy. But yeah, with Moreno, uh, they still have Danny Jansen. Uh, I I just tr- don't think Kurt can get playing time. He needs to get traded. That's what needs to happen. Gary Sanchez or Mike Zanino? Oh, Mike Zanino. God, yes. God. Uh, like, I, I'm never drafting Gary Sanchez. I've told you this a million times, people. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Let's I, see. I don't want to uh, talk about him. I just want to get the. I just want to get the the name Lars Newtbar out. Yeah, out. yeah Lars Newtbar. He <laughs> ruined the Mets it. season last year. <laughs> like the Mets were on, like about to win their third or fourth game in a row. Pete Alonso was about to hit a three run home run to give them the lead in the eighth inning. And Lars freaking Newtbar, who had just pinch hit and double switched into the game, robs the home run in right field. Mets end up lose the game, and then of course the rest of the season happened. Hey, but yeah, he Lars Newtbar. He might hey, look at these rate sets though. No, he's average, he's got a nice base. little yeah. He's got a nice little profile, kind of like yeah. a like a Jock Peterson esque, less power, less speed. Granted, Jock doesn't have any speed anymore. But all right, let's quickly move on. Uh, go to the weighted total ball, which I, this is thirty percent. Oh, I hate when that thing happens. This is thirty uh, percent of the uh, hustle ball aggregate plus the seventy percent power ball aggregate. So. It gives you a nice little round number, and it shouldn't be surprised that more power equals better results. Juan Soto, once again, Juan Soto basically leads every freaking category here. <laughs> Does he lead War too? Let me see, because I know War's. Uh, yeah, he's there's your MVP, Juan Soto, at seven point five WAR. So let's go back to the weighted total ball, which is again, uh, it's thirty percent hustle ball, seventy percent of the power ball. So obviously leans a heavy to towards the power metrics, which would be doubles and home runs at this point. But it's a who's who of, uh, of important players, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, Vladimir Guerrero, Freddie Freeman, Fernando Tatis, Mookie Betts, possibly getting a bounce back. Uh, Jose Ramirez, Trey Turner, Ronald Acuna, bounce back. Mike Trout, bounce back. Rafael Devers, Bob Bichetti, Paul Goldsmith, Aaron Judge, and Xander Bogarts. Uh, and there it is. Okay. So with all that being said, uh, let's, Go down the list and see if anybody kind of catches your eyes here. Uh, there's Jonathan India, number 26. Uh, Austin, you, if you see a player, just 
shout it out when you see one that you want to talk about. Mm, uh, the 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 first one that I saw was uh, was Pete Alonzo, and I just Ooh. keep I just keep going back to scroll up a little bit. He's up yeah, a little yeah. higher. Uh, he's yeah, 20th. he's twentieth. And I just keep thinking, going back to the home run derby where he kept where he kept saying, "I am the best power hitter in the MLB. I am the best power hitter in the MLB." And and uh, I feel like I'm the best power hitter in MLB. Yeah, he said, "I feel like I'm the I feel like I'm the best power hitter." So now, now it looks like here he's he's out to prove it. He's uh, he's up there in the top twenty, and I don't know, I don't know how to feel about Pete Alonso because I I know he's a great power hitter. He's a great producer. It's just I don't I don't know how to I just don't know how to feel about him. It's it's so weird. He's a weird player for me. Would you believe so me I, if I told you ahead. he cut his strikeout percentage to sub twenty percent in twenty twenty one? Really? A sub twenty percent strikeout rate, uh, swinging strike rate also went down. Um, I think he's evolving here. I, I, he's never going to be like a two ninety three hundred hitter, but I think he does have like a a two eighty five year in him, and it's going to be one of those seasons he bats two eighty five. The walk rate's probably going to go from the nine and ten percent it's been the last three years to like thirteen fourteen because pitchers just aren't going to want to face him. I'm not sure if that year is in twenty twenty two. But he he's definitely dangerous. I, I usually shy away from him in drafts just because I feel like I can get a better, more well-rounded player around yeah. that ADP. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely a solid pick. Somebody more like Lindor? Yeah, I, I, I really – I don't pick Lindor anymore because I don't, I don't think he's going to run. I, I think he's just a, a home runs, and he's the average is going to be like 270. Who did I pick in this? Uh, I think TGFB he's going to end up being one of my keepers in the in the point in the new. Oh, and yeah, in the in Mardi Gras. League. Yeah, Mardi Gras yeah. madness. Yeah. The Mardi Gras madness. I think he's going to end up being one of my keepers. That guy. I'm going to tell you what he messed up that team. So bad. <laughs> oh my god! Like I have no first round pick. You have I three have, short stops or I something have like four that. Four short stops. I have no left fielder. Like, dude, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that uh, there's a reason why he left. Uh, but I got Boba shut out of him. So I'm happy with the results of him. Being, I thought he was a very good owner because he I, gave me Boba shut. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course, that's of course you do. Can I have him back. <laughs> yeah, man, swing a deal. I mean, someone's trying to get Jacob the Grum off my hands, too. Uh, hey, blow my socks off and we'll talk. Yeah. All right. Sean, any player as I scroll down the list that you want to talk about? I'm kind of shocked that Giancarlo Stanton is as low as he is. What, on what rank list. is that? What he rank? is at 62, okay. sandwiched in between Chris Bryant and Michael Conforto. There he is. I see. What, what, are, what are we feeling about Giancarlo Stanton for 2022? Is he going to play less or more than the 139 games he played in 2021? Uh, well, according to projections, it's going to be less. Uh, hey, man, you know what? We all know who Giancarlo Stanton is at this point. Yeah. When he's when he's playing, he, hit, he, he hits monumental home runs. 35 dingers, 6.04 home run rate. I mean, that, these are numbers you kind of salivate, but we yeah. know there's always going to be an injury risk. We know that he's limited in the, in the field. Is he DH only eligible this year? I forget. Yeah, I, th- uh, I don't think he played. Let me go look. The position versatility isn't there. Uh, yeah. You, you, so, I mean, if I don't know, man. I guess for the right price, you get him, you snatch him up, and hope for the best. You hope that the arrow points no, up. No, he, he's got he's got outfield. He played sixteen games, so depending oh, on your eligibility rules, he played sixteen games out there. Yeah, and if you're in a league like ours, left field, center field, right field, you're kind of uh, kind of uh, crossing your fingers that he gets eligibility in one of those other corner in uh, outfield spots. 
90th, uh, 80, 90 p What is that? Uh, eighth round? My math is terrible here. Yeah, depending on 12 or 15 league, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I guess that's the I, I've seen him right. go well below his ADP, though. Um, in the TGFBI mock I was just part of, I want to say he went, like, 150. Like, one, like it was, like, way low. And at, at that point, like, he's a guy that I, I'm willing to take. I have him in my 30-team dynasty along with Judge, Yelich. Um, I actually traded Stanton – or traded for Stanton last year. Uh, sold in on that your mean Mercedes hype. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, it's unfortunate though because in that league you get a point every if the player is a position player and he doesn't make an error in that game, yeah. he gets one point. But since Stanton DHs so much, he loses on that one point a game. And so, like when you look at it, you're like, why does he score so many less points than them? But it's because he's a DH. Uh, I guess my player would be Dansby Swanson. I think if I remember correctly, Austin, when we did the end of year awards, he ended up being uh, the best hitting shortstop according to the metrics we used to compile that list. I so let's, so. he was up there anyway. Yeah. He was beating out guys like um, Tatis and Bichette. Oh man. Was that, is that what he did? He batted 248. I'll have to look at the, there was, I mean, he, there a lot of people look again. at his thing. They say, go ahead. Yeah. He had 27 home runs and 88 RBIs, but like a lot of people are, I think going crazy over Bichette and there's no, or not Bichette Swanson. And there's no reason to. Yeah, there was something where Swanson was really high. And I think we had a discussion of, is this really real hype? Like, do we really consider Swanson or not? And I am i don't know. Swanson's not a guy that when I think shortstop for fantasy, Swanson's not the first guy that comes up there. Oops. All right. Well, I, I had pulled up the spreadsheet. Uh, so I'm doing two spreadsheets at once here. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's Thank God I have... Uh, two big screens here, but it's not good for podcasting. Uh, was it third base? No. Oh, I, you know what? I might be confused. No, no. I confuse Austin Riley is the guy. I'm oh yeah. Him. That oh. makes more sense. Cause he had a, a yeah. huge year. That makes more yeah, sense. There he is. Beating out. And it's a very, it was a very close race. I had to do a separate spreadsheet for this beating out Jose Ramirez and Rafael Dubbers. So I was confusing my Atlanta Braves players. Uh, <laughs> so but let's talk about Dansby Swanson. I mean, he's, he's there among the, uh, in the top 60 among, I mean, he's ranked higher than Giancarlo Stanton and other uh, established players. I mean, he's supposed to be getting a lot of, I mean, you're looking at it, a lot of uh, counting stats, a lot of playing time. Uh, strikeouts are always going to be a problem with this guy. But, I mean, the strikeout rate is not high enough where we should start worrying it, uh, too much about it. He'll chip in 10 stolen bases for you, according to the. I, I, uh, yeah, he'll, he might give you 10. Like, yeah, because he's had 10 and 18 a, and 19. That's a plus. Um, so a lot, I mean, I'm just kind of shocked. I'm really shocked to see a lot of, uh, positives from Dansby Swanson, uh, they, but here's the negatives, uh, porous on base, uh, percentage, a really bad on base percentage, 317 for a guy who's supposed to be doing all this damage. I don't know. It's kind of questionable. 758 ops, which uh, you guys mentioned all the other shortstops. They're doing much better numbers nowadays in that position, which is no longer, a, a deficient hitting position. Wobas low, 99 WRC plus, which puts him 1% below league average. Yep. But uh, so, yeah, but I don't know. You get Dansby Swanson because he's going to maybe get you so much playing time that he has no choice but to produce. I mean, you're seeing this. Yep. Look, look if, at all this production. It's if hard you, to deny it. If you look at the shortstops in 2021, um, ranked via war, 11, 12, and 13 are Javier Baez, Trevor Story, and Dansby Swanson. And when you look at their production, uh, Baez had – 80 runs, 87 RBIs. Swanson or Story had 88 runs, 75 RBIs. Swanson 78 runs, 88 RBIs. 
They all had 24 or more home runs. Story had 24, Swanson 27, Baez 31. But Baez and Story give you an extra 10, 8 to 10 stolen bases. Uh, Swanson had 9, Story 20, Baez 18. But they all kind of low on base percentage in 2021. Story is, you know, a complete question mark depending on where he ends up. I think he could be really good in Yankee Stadium or really bad in like San, no, San Francisco wouldn't have him. I don't even know where he would go, but I think he has more opportunities to be bad than he does good. But if he's good, he's going to be really, really good. All right. Think, we'll finish. Before we go to the deep bowels of, you know, Reese McGuire's, um, yeah. what do you guys, what do you guys think about Kibrian Hayes? I noticed Kibrian Hayes is oh. 69th. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, from Reese McGuire to 69. Go, I was going to move over that joke. I, I had <laughs> ice in my head. Well, he's going to get all the playing time. I mean, the Pittsburgh Pirates are so uh, lacking in talent that they have no choice but to play this kid uh, probably more than the, he deserves to. But, I mean, that lead 600 plate appearances will lead to all these high projected counting stats. Home runs are a little uh, waning there, for, especially for third base. Sean can uh, yeah, piggyback he's, off of that. He's never been a huge home run hitter. He's that's a problem. I mean, the, the fact that in 96 games in 2021 he had six home runs, uh, that's basically on his track record before. Um, his 2020 when he debuted and he had like the best 24 games of his life. Yeah, that, that's not who he is. That it's just not going to happen. He's going to play every day because of his defense. The defense is outstanding. The offense is. I don't know. He, he he might have an outlier year where he hits like 40 doubles, especially in a park like that. But I, I don't see him ever being a, a 20, 25 home run guy. I think it's going to be 15 home runs, 30 doubles, gold glove defense. Basically, Matt Chapman without power and doesn't strike out as much. That's about right. I mean, because his, his rate stats are just not they're, – they're, they're kind of lacking here. 424 slugging, which is really low for a third baseman. You mentioned Matt Chapman, who might be a bounce-back candidate this year. To, uh, yeah, there's nothing that kind of screams off the page aside from the county stats, which, you know, it's fantasy, so it's important. But, you know, we also He'll be a better real-life player than fantasy player. Yeah, and that's going to be an issue because that's not the game we're playing here. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, we, I know, I brag that this is a show that kind of combines both aspects. But in this, in this realm, yeah, we, I kind of want more. All right, so let's go. We're in the deep blue sea. This is the last thing we're going to talk about. Uh, one guy that pops up is a 280 batting average from Harold Ramirez. As I'm, as you guys can tell, I'm now going towards the uh, rate stats to see if I can find someone worth talking about. Harold Ramirez is not someone I want really want to talk about, but I just can't help but look at the uh, batting average being so high. Uh, is Harold Romero going to save your batting average uh, on your team there? Uh, Sean, let's start with you. No, and I like Harold Ramirez going back to when he debuted with the, the Marlins. Just kind of one of those Melky Cabrera-esque, you know, just mm. kind of has the hit tool. He's not going to hit for a lot of power. The defense isn't good at all, <laughs> but he, he knows how to hit. Like, it's just one of those guys you put a bat in his hand and he's going to hit. Uh, I'm not sure how much playing time he's going to get in Cleveland, um, that could be a possible issue with yeah. depending on how they situate their DH and uh, Fred Mel Reyes playing some outfield or I have no clue who's expected to be their left fielder right now. That's kind of scary. It's probably a really bad name that I don't want to know. It's like, let, let's pull it up. Roster resource. Oh, it's left, a bad name. Oh, it's... Left field is actually a very, very good name. And I don't want to say it because he's like a steal in every draft. Oh uh, that God. nobody say saw. it, Sean. Steve, Stephen Kwan. 
Okay. Has oh yeah. No major league experience, but he he just hits and he hits and he hits and he hits and he walks more than he strikes out. And he actually has some pop. He in 2021, both between double A and triple A, posted sluggings over 500 while batting 337 and 311 between double A and triple A. And members of 311. You know, when you said that it was a bad name, I thought his name was Love. No. <laughs> what is love? No. Uh, oh. You give Love a bad name. Oh. <laughs> no, Kevin Love plays basketball, Felipe. Oh, uh, he's mentioned Cleveland. Sorry. All right. So, uh, uh, Austin, is there someone you want to talk about here? Uh, as I um, you know, what's list? funny was I was kind of looking at, I saw a little bit of red, and then all of a sudden what caught my eye was over there at the stolen bases, and then I saw it was Vidal Brujan. Oh, um, there, you know, Vidal is Brujan is uh, uh, where is he? I'm sorry, 191st, right in between Pedro Severino and Austin Hedges. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so, um, you know, 13 stolen bases. Uh, the rate stats didn't look all I mean, he's got a 250 average, a 316 OBP. Um, doesn't look like he's going to get much playing time, but I mean, you never know with the Rays, they might they might stick him in there and he'll catch a hot streak and he'll, you know, be platooned in there or whatever. But, um, you know, I know we've talked about Vidal Brujan before and uh, some of us are pretty excited for Vidal Brujan to get some plate appearances. So, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting with as little playing time as he's getting, he's getting 13 stolen bases. So maybe there's something there. Maybe there's not, I don't know, but I know we've talked about uh, Vidal Brujan before and um, you know, maybe stick him in the, um, if he's still eligible, stick him in the minor slots and uh, wait for him to come up and get his playing time. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think he will be, but um, yeah, that's definitely an option you could probably take. Uh, quick question: Is Victor Reyes something that we need to look at? I was looking uh, at him too. I don't. I don't really know. I think he's on borrowed time because I think Riley Green is going to play oh, a yes, lot for yes. the Tigers this year. And right. I think Daz Cameron's going to play a lot of just, if anything, for some defense and speed. I think Victor Reyes, he's had three years and I think he's had his fill. He might just become like a fourth, fourth outfielder. And on Detroit, I don't think there's anything worse than being a fourth outfielder in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, pick one of three players, uh, Austin Slater, Andy Ivanez, or J.D. Davis. Oh, obviously, I'm picking JD Davis. Totally. Yeah, me too. I mean, and it's not just because he's a Met; it's just because he's a better because hitter, a and it's because he's a better hitter. I, I'm picking it because he's a Met. Oh, <laughs> just just to curse that team a little bit more. It seems like every time I I get excited about Mets players, they let me down. But no, Jake the person LeBron. that I would actually pick from the deep blue sea here is actually two spots beneath JD, and that's a catcher. He has catcher eligibility. Will probably not play catcher in 2021, or at least not that much. And that's Eric Haas. And, you know, there's a lot of fun things about drafting a guy who has catcher eligibility, but plays more than just about every other catcher. And that's Eric Hossie at 22 home runs, batted 231, posted a 100 WRC plus. You can do worse at a catcher eligible player. 231, he's not going to walk a whole lot, but the pop is kind of legit. Not concerned about the strikeouts? I mean, I am, but I think... We're talking about a guy who is catcher eligible that's not going to play catcher, so he's going to rack up a lot of, hopefully, a good amount of plate appearances. All right. And I, I don't think he's going to be a terrible like batting average. I think he's a 230 hitter, but uh, hits the ball very hard, has a little bit of speed faster than you would expect, stole two bases, um, which is pretty good for that. Um, in the minors, I don't think he stole much. Yeah, he's, he's a catcher, but um, really good. 
exit velocity, max EV, hard hit rates, expected slugging. And in Detroit, you really have to have power to get it out. And a lot of his home runs last year were just no yeah. doubters. I mean, they were gone. No, he was he was a hot, uh, hotly sought after uh, player after a while. Uh, there's Nick Senzel again. We talked about him last week, but uh, yeah, some of the projections look pretty decent considering the uh, the player the type of players we're seeing on the uh, deep blue here. Darren uh, Ruff, uh, rate stats there. Darren Ruff, Universal wow. DH could help him a lot. He's better against lefties, but Universal DH helps him get a lot more plate appearances. Yeah. And that, uh, yeah, we might have to uh, re- not redo the list completely, but the other list, um, the one with all the players, the, the pair down list, the, the formal pair down list, Austin. And we, we might have to double check that uh, yeah. to see if uh, any DHs or any other players come on uh, and, you know, kind of the, with the dynamic of the DH, things have changed. And that's why okay. I wanted to wait as long as possible. But then I realized, you know, we, 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 have, we need to provide some content. We need to start getting on this. So we can't wait forever. And this is one of those times where we are screwed because of the timing. Just this timing is this damn lockout, man. It's just really messed with me I know. And, and everybody else. I'm assuming. Uh, all right. And then, you know, this, uh, let's see who, who we got here. Oh, Mike Zanino again. Uh, there's uh, Austin Nola who we talked about last year a lot. And I don't know. I like him uh, as a late round catcher, but uh, yeah, there's a lot to be desired there in terms of the great stats. And uh, uh, we're finishing up here. Just shut them out. If you see someone you want to talk about, there's Alejandro Kirk again with the nice great stats, but not enough playing time. Rugnet Adore, 25 or uh, more home runs in Baltimore as a starting second baseman, third baseman. Really? All right. Yeah, he, he's in he's in Baltimore this year, and I could just see him. I mean, he's a batting average liability for sure, but it's Baltimore. Like, if you can hit for average anywhere, it's Baltimore, right? Yeah, I mean, Jose Iglesias had that in the 2020 season. So <laughs> At least Jose Iglesias knows how to put the ball in play, though. <laughs> At least Jose Iglesias knows how to sing. Yeah, uh, Does he? No. Oh, and, and, you know, oh the other sound stupid. Enrique, Enrique that's, like the third, that's like the third one that's went right over your head, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should know. I'm always, I always have music references ready. Just, I mean, they're uh, so the bad that I, I can't possibly think he would go to such a – a depth of How? joke and pun. Jose Iglesias being related to, uh, possibly being related to Julio and Enrique. How can you not? I think I would have gotten it if you had said Enrique like Hernandez, like he can sing. I think I would have picked it up as Enrique first rather than Iglesias. That's lame. You're lame. You just made the joke. <laughs> so you know what? So the, we uh, have so- now devolved. Wait a minute. We've now devolved <laughs> to middle school. That's lame. No, you're lame. <laughs> Yeah, Wait, your mom. The, the two New Yorkers flicking each other off in the middle of the street. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know what they call um, you know, Iglesias means church in Spanish. I guess I think you guys should know, right? So, yeah. but you know what happens when you combine both Jose Iglesias, Enrique Iglesias, and Julio Iglesias together in the same room, right? Well, what happens? It becomes a basilica. Oh my! <laughs> and that's all for today on to the total base. <laughs> Oh, Dominic Smith. There. That, these numbers should go up, right? I hope he gets traded. I really do. I, I want him to play <laughs> like a uh, DH. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he, he's not going to DH over Cano who's getting paid $20 million or JD Davis. Oh, I, I want him to play. Like, that's yeah, the thing. But is wait, you, want, you want him because, you know, it's only going to be 75 games before he before Cano pops out with steroids again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that would be a blessing because then it'd be a life ban and we're off the hook for all the money. But that won't happen. <laughs> Uh, Henry's saying that Pete Alonso is going to be a nice DH. He's not going to DH. He, he's already said it. 
He, he does not want to DH. He feels like he's a first baseman. And he actually posted the highest outs above average of his career in 2021. He was plus one, which was higher than guys like Hosmer and there were a couple other guys. Um, and then really quick, I just want to read this uh, before yeah. it, it, it gets lost on me. Henry's saying, even though there's a Latino guy in here, he's saying, you guys are so white. Yeah. Which is a word I can say here because I won't get banned if I because I'm saying it and not yeah, typing we're, it. We're, we're safe. We're safe. This is our safe space. We create a safe space. You can't get us here, Zuck. You can't get a Zuck it. Zuck it really long and hard. Oh, Next oh thing my you know, God. This video has been banned. It's all right. We'll put it over on YouTube, and that's a good place to stop. We'll put it over on YouTube and yep. all the other channels. I'm going to get black bagged after this episode's uploaded. Guys black in black bags? suits. Yeah, the oh. guys in black suits are going to put a black bag over my head and, like, Pull me into a Facebook van. Oh, that's what happens in uh, the Venture Brothers. Black bagged before. You've never heard it? No. Oh yeah, it's like like a kidnapping. You get black bagged. Why didn't you just say kidnapped? Yeah, because that's (laughs) they they kidnap you. They put a black bag over your head and they kidnap you. I never heard that before in my. Oh really? Okay. I mean, I I know about the black bag. I didn't know there was an actual term for it, black bag. And anyway, you you did you do you want my (laughs) spreadsheets? Do you want these spreadsheets that Austin and I have been working on off season? Consider donating it to the Felipe Melicio PayPal account if you're interested. You know what? Why not? I think Tommy Edmund might just pay you to fix his fix his uh, projection, and then he might pay. I already did, didn't you? Oh, see? there you go, there you go. He's going to oh, see man. all your hard work in the video itself. Yeah, so I'm going to put that on the comments. You know, you guys know you want it. You know, you want all those numbers at your disposal for your upcoming drafts, and just just to help you gauge what the upcoming season is all about notwithstanding errors but if you see errors i will fix them for you for free give us you know <laughs> give me a five dollar donation if you can't do that just give me what you can and uh i'll split the difference with uh with austin over here oh boy so podcast galore here dong city on wednesdays uh i don't I, I forgot if they're going uh every week or every other week henry can probably shed a light on that uh you guys saw the big bonanza that was the Football Life uh, podcast over at the Audible. <laughs> the Audible over at Football Life, I should say. They had like 20 people on it, as they normally do. So that, that you could tell that their season's uh, starting to wind down when they have like 20 people as their guests. Uh, Super Bowl predictions. I say 27-24 Rams. What do you guys got? Awesome. Um, I, you know what? I, I'm a Cowboys fan. I really don't have any skin in the game, but you know, I, I'm rooting for the Bengals. I want the Bengals to win. There you go. Final score. Let me get a final score from you. Uh, uh, oh, you go. Uh, I'm going to go 21-17 Bengals. Uh, and Sean? I'm going to go, let's say, 37 for the Bengals in like 45 for the Rams. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. He's a little. <laughs> yeah. No, like I know. I, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I, I, I want Joe Burrow to win, but I also want Matt Stafford to get a ring. So Wait, what was there's the final a score? Corey Richmond agrees with me. So yeah, I saw that. That's why I was distracted. What was the final score for you? Sean? It was a 40. What was it? 45, 45. I, I think they could put up 45 for the Bengals defense. Don't forget. I'll just, we'll just have to rewind. <laughs> uh, well, what's the other uh, and Corey, uh, who was uh, doing the wrestling podcast, he does uh, the You Don't Know Jackie podcast. Go check him out. Um, what, what's the other one that we do here? Uh, Dong City, uh, Henry just confirmed if they're not going this week, they'll go probably next week. Then, um, okay. step back. Uh, I think they're going Monday nights now. Uh, it's hard to keep up with the with the movement everywhere, but we're still here Sunday mornings. Uh, we'll be going every week until 
we can't know more until the world ends or until one of us gets too sick that they can't do the show. All right, guys. Pleasure doing this with you. For me, I am Felipe. That's Austin. That's Sean. Have a good one, everybody. We'll see you all next week. Adios. Have a good one, guys.